you get what you get. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I was just telling, I was driving over Whenever here. Whenever you get it. Just telling a, a friend about uh, your old Quidditch wives. Oh, man. Joke. Man, a classic. A classic. A classic Rob <laughs> Hayes joint. Oh, man. I, uh... Now, now I do lie before, but you're actually good to go now. Funky, you have you have something that I feel like I've picked up from you. Uh, that's huh? in, that's in my lexicon, which is that's neither hither or thither. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I heard you say it off stage or on stage, but I'm like, man, that stuck with me. Oh, that's funny. It's a it, kind of an earworm, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I don't even know where. I think that's like Shakespeare. Me, me, me remixing Shakespeare. Yeah, he's the first to say neither here. That's or neither there. hither nor thither. You know, I mean, hither mean hither and thither do mean here or there. It does mean that. Oh, those are real. Those are real words. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was just a a, a baronism. I, you know, that's what a lot of people think. <laughs> I didn't even know it was that deep. So hither is real and thither is real. Yes, indeed. I don't know if anyone said hither or thither, but I I do. You did. Yes. And then I I sometimes say it. You know. Good. Yeah. When you, people react, I'll be like, man, that's not even me. That, that's bare mind. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. I don't give you credit with people who don't like it. You okay, know, people, yes. if people don't react to it positive, I don't be like, hey, that. You just give you a thumbs up to me. your face. That's bare. <laughs> Baron Vaughn, that's totally him. That's on him. <laughs> Got the scratches in there. They call me Castle. Hey. And not the friend that goes. Oh, but the Holy Ghost. That's a good one. We're back with the Inconsistent Podcast. I got a special guest in the building. Some of you may know, all of you will by the end. The one and only Baron Vaughn. What's up, Rob? How you doing? I'm doing all right. Chilling? Yeah. You got a lot going on right now. What you mean? I mean, you know, not just are we doing this podcast, but uh, tomorrow night, I don't know when this podcast is dropping, <laughs> but uh, tomorrow night, you know, right. in the in the reality of this podcast, uh, you were about to uh, to tape a special. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. That's a lot, man. I mean, that's a that's a culmination of many years of you doing stand up. Mm-hmm. All these. It's your first special too, right? First special, second album. Ooh. Oh, so you're gonna do an album recording at the same time? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's yeah. nice. That's that's yeah. that's classic. I like that. That might be the only way to like for this to make sense to the F- people that keep books. Yeah, that makes that makes total sense. <laughs> that might be the only way to finance this whole dream of mine. Yeah, I mean, look, the comedy album, I think, is an art form that needs to come back in yeah, some sort I, of way. You know, like there's something to listening to somebody without watching them. Mm-hmm. There's something to just listening to. This is how this person writes. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I used to play your album all the Uh-oh. time. Uh, <laughs> When I was like, you know, drive, well, I don't have a CD player anymore. It's not like. Oh, I'm back done. in the old CD player days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I had the CD. I would throw it on to people who didn't, you know, didn't even know comedy was coming and just like see how they reacted. It, it was it was dope. It was fun to do. Oh, well, yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening. Yeah. To that. Raised by Cable. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. The first one. Hey. 
yeah. I haven't done one in a many a in a many a year. In a many a year. But you know, I think there's something to it. I think there's something to dropping an album every now and then, like a musician. Mm-hmm. And it's a different form than a special. But they could also go together. They could be separate. They could go together. They could be separate. Yeah, there might there might be some some differences. There might be some some audio sketches. You know, I remember listening. I can't remember who it was, but I mean, there's many different comedy albums I listened to where, because they're doing a visual bit, mm-hmm. you just hear silence. Yeah. And then the audience laughing, and I'm like, "What are they doing? Yeah, what are they doing? Yeah, yeah." I don't know. I didn't want people to know what I looked like. <laughs> oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, like when I was doing podcasts and like putting out an audio album, I was like, "This is great. Nobody's gonna know what I look like." <laughs> Why didn't you want them to know what you look like? I like the mystery. Oh, I see. I don't like okay. them assigning a you know anything to me. You're like, yo, this it might be a frog up there. Like, we don't know. <laughs> We don't know what we don't know what he looks like, you know. Is that more WB frog up there with his top hat <laughs> and his cane doing these jokes? <laughs> Hello, my life. I don't know. I don't. I don't do a Michigan. Oh, is that what his name? Michigan. Oh my Michigan god. Michigan J Frog. Michigan J Frog. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Good pull on the name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's knowledge. Warner Brothers was all about your last name is your species. <laughs> That's true, Porky Bugs Pig, Bunny, Bugs Bunny, Donald Duck. You know, they were like, let's not waste a lot of time. Daffy. Donald is Disney. Daffy Duck, my bad. Right. They, Same last name, though. They're, they're cousins. They are cousins. They have met once <laughs> in uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> they, they they met there. A lot of litigation had to, had to come into play <laughs> in order to get them on the screen together. That's true, actually. I yeah. just read a thing about that. Man, Warner Brothers and Disney are like, as long as they get equal time. You, th- you think it's hard to get Kevin Hart and Mike Epps together. Try getting <laughs> Donald Duck and Daffy Duck on the screen at the same time. Kevin Hart and Mike Epps, they haven't done anything together, have they? I, don't uh, think, I think they just did Comic View together. Oh, uh, yeah, the new yeah. version of it. The new version of oh. it. The new, 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 Is new, Mike Epps hosting it? I believe so. Wow, yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. Okay, yeah, so it's yeah. actually in production. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I think wow. they, they did it right at the buzzer, right before it was like, hey, y'all can't be doing stuff. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fantastic, and they got a swish right after the buzzer. Mm-hmm. Well, congrats on Comic View, on the return of Comic <laughs> View. <laughs> You can catch it on BET Plus mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and BET mm-hmm. Minus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every integer BET, you can catch it for sure. Another good pull on that <laughs> vocab word, integer. I haven't heard that in a minute. Uh, Baron, yes. are you classically trained? Yeah. I don't know what that means. I was actually going to say, do you know what that means? I don't know. I know that that's the only type of training I know. I don't know any of the new training, new wave training, heavy metal training. I, I don't mean, know R and B training. I only know <laughs> classical training. Yeah, I mean that's like a very it's a very actory, you know, theater schooly kind of thing to say. Okay. Most of the time, when someone says they went to theater school, it means they're classically trained. However. Theater school, since I've been in it, I was I graduated in 2003. It's 20 years ago. It's changed a lot because okay. theater, theater has changed a lot. Yeah. In the in this age of being, you know, there being a lot of movies, there being a lot of TV, and more so than that, I feel like, you know, a lot of people who maybe would have went into theater have gone into YouTube, have gone mm. into TikTok, mm. have gone into, like, making things like that. That's kind of become the space where they're creative, you know, yeah. more so than like, I'm going to go do a play or put on a show, you know. So I, I I feel like theater is always kind of 
looking for, at least right now, I feel like it's been looking for what it needs to be in this right. new age. So me, I come from a school that, you know, by the time I was leaving school, like a lot of theater schools, I think were asking the questions like, what, what's the point of us? Mm. <laughs> like, like, what, what are we doing? What's the point of us? So classically trained just means that like, you know, all of this, like the last hundred years of, of acting training or acting or people who teach acting or have thoughts about acting. I kind of learned all of that. Okay. So it's like people like, you know, the quote unquote method. I know what the method is. I know what, you know, what the difference between the method or Meisner, you know, is, or like, uh, viewpoints or doing Shakespeare. Like all of those, all those things are different. And I kind of have like a big vocabulary of all these different ways to make theater ways to act. That's sort of what it means. Wow. <laughs> Things I, that I apply to stand-up comedy all the time. Yeah. Because I see stand-ups do it. Stand-ups, because people come to stand-up from all walks of life. Mm-hmm. So everyone's coming there with an instinct. Yeah. You know, an instinct of what it means to perform or be funny. And I see a lot of shit that I learned, you know, that someone came up with two, 200 years ago, that a stand-up just kind of instinctually gets that. A lot of the times. So I like to try to, you know, I spot that all the time from different standups. Like, oh, they're doing this thing. You know, not that they know that they're doing it, but that's also cool because whoever came up with it 200 years ago also came up with that instinctually. So would you say you have like an actor brain and a standup brain or like you never turn the actor brain off as you got into standup? And you see it all through like an actor lens, or do you think you see the world through a stand-up lens? You were acting, and now you have multiple lenses, like bifocals. Yes, I got bifocals. <laughs> Me and Ben Franklin chilling with the bifocals. Okay. They get this lightning in he this key. Bifocals? He's apparently invented bifocals. Get out of here! That's apparently the inventor of bifocals is Benjamin Franklin. That now that is useful. Yeah, he was an inventor. Yeah, apparently. But, uh, you know, to me, it's all about acting uh, or stand up ultimately are about why people do that. That's that's, that's, that's okay. basically the baseline of just trying to figure out why people do what people do. Yeah. You know, and one you're kind of you are talking about it sort of in an observational way. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You might be talking about people in general or you might be talking about yourself, like, why am I like this yeah. as a stand-up? And as an actor, you're just embodying it. You are acting it as if it's happening as opposed to talking about it in the past tense. I got you. Does that make any sense? It makes all the sense. Whew, all right. Plus, why people do that, that sounds like if Seinfeld spoke jive. <laughs> why people do that? Why people do that? <laughs> Oh yeah, Seinfeld in the cast of Airplane. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, did anybody before Airplane call it Jive a language, or is that some like white writers in a room? Like, I, I think they call it Jive. I always feel like somebody <laughs> people do it instinctually, mm-hmm. and then someone who's outside of that world names it. Yeah, you know, black people speak this way. We'll yeah. call it Jive, or we'll, right. call, we'll call it Ebonics. Or we'll call it A-A-V-E or whatever the heck yeah. term they come up with. But then when you name it, you can own it. Yes, that is true. It's hard to own it like, no, I made up the thing. And it's like, ah, they don't have a name. That's true. No, no, we're not able to you know, assign that to you. But 
if you were like, this is the Rob, then people like, all right. I just watched a, some documentary right. about the history of dance. Okay. That's all up in the history of dance. Is like yeah. people in the jazz age, you know, in all these different ballrooms, like the Savoy Ballroom and all these different places, like, yeah. you know, in the 1920s, people made up dances and sometimes they would get the credit, but it all just kind of became jazz. It oh, all just kind of became jazz dance. And now there's not really any. And then somebody named it yeah. and said, we teach jazz dance at this studio. And then they become like the creator of jazz when really it was some dude in a ballroom who just decided he's going to move that way. He was boogieing. He was boogieing. He was not. He was too busy doing something to be naming stuff. And then exactly. years later, he's pissed because he's like the jitterbug. I would never call that the jitterbug. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's crazy. <laughs> I never th thought to even look for a documentary on the history of dance. That's something I think about a lot. I didn't know it was documented. In the same in the same vein, sometimes I think it's about street jokes. Yeah. Someone wrote that. Yeah. Someone was the first mofo to say knock knock. Right. You know, and right. they, they don't get credit. They don't get credit. Jerry at all. Knock Knock Lewis does yeah. not get credit. Yeah, he probably had a different knock knock joke every day. Exactly. Knock yeah. knock. Who's there? He's just trying to figure out what it was at the time. He's like, I got this new thing. It's like uh, okay, it has to do with you being at my door. Mm-hmm. Okay, since that's new. Right. People, people showed oh, up to your the house. door when the door was new, that's when knock knock was going off for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Before it used to be cave cave and you just walked in. <laughs> <laughs> echo echo. Yeah, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> is anyone there? There, there. And then you hear the wolves, and that was the end of the joke. <laughs> that day, that they the orange. You glad I didn't say banana? Oh. You know, a crowd form. You know, after a while, it was like, <laughs> who's there? Banana, banana. Who? Knock, knock. Ooh, hey y'all, get over here, man. This you got a good one. Banana, banana. Who? Knock, knock. Oh, it started again. He broke the form. He's breaking the form, man. Banana, who? Oh, oh, rewind that. Knock, knock. Banana who? Oh, <laughs> this guy's crazy. That's true. Yeah. I think that's I think that's scientifically accurate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ben, where are you from originally? Uh, what does that mean originally? Like, where was I born and where did I grow up? What, whatever it means to you. Okay, I was born in a small town in New Mexico. Okay. Called Portales. And I grew up in a town called Las Vegas, Nevada. All right. All right. You weren't expecting either of those. I was expecting a Las Vegas. Yes. From from stand up comedy. You know. Yeah. New Mexico yeah, yeah. is a is a is a place that a lot of people don't get or understand if you haven't been there. You know, like New Mexico, Arizona, uh, maybe even Utah a little bit. They kind of all people are like, if you're not from there, then you, so a lot of the times people are just like, what? What is that? I've only been to New Mexico to do um, uh, casinos. Oh, yeah. You performed so at casinos? You went, yeah. Oh, dope. So you went from one casino place to, like, big casino place. Absolutely. In New Mexico, most of the casinos are, like, owned by the Indians, you know, the natives. Yeah, the native. They're on reservations. Mm -hmm. And then in Las Vegas, the mafia decided to do that, and then mm. they turned it over to the corporations in the 80s. Okay. Okay, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's why casinos got to be period. Uh, what do you mean? Oh, yeah, because of like 
50s, 60s. Right. Like when you see the movies. Because I was like, yo, why didn't they just make this in 95? And now, <laughs> now it makes sense. Because I'm like, yo, the 80s and like, you you didn't go back that far. They went back like 15 years. And I'm like, it's, it's weird to do an 80s movie in the 90s. Yeah, because I want to say that like, Vegas, the casinos that we know in Vegas, like Vegas as we know it kind of started in the 50s, 50s, 60s, something like that. It was kind of like a place where, you know, like off-duty military could chill, Mm -hmm. and then it turned into uh, an oasis in the desert that, in a way, shouldn't be there. Ecologically, it shouldn't be there. I would love to watch a Rat Pack show and see, like, count how many bits they did. Oh, yeah, you can get those. They're out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a, I want to say there was like some HBO movie called Rat Pack, but they recorded some of that. But I think that was yeah. also, that was part of the thing. Like, you had to be there, you know, like, you didn't mm-hmm. know what they were going to do. Mm-hmm. All it was is they were drunk as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and they were super rich. And they were really good singers. And they could just, they, you know, people just paid to go hang out with Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and Sammy Davis yeah. Jr. That's basically what the experience was. You know what I really like? I really like watching Dean Everybody loves, loves somebody. somebody. I really like watching Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis movies. Oh, like the oh yeah, Jerry Lewis. That said that earlier. Uh, yeah, yeah they had like a they were comedy duo. They had like a thing. Yeah. yeah. I've never actually watched any of their their movies, but they had like a sort They're, of rapport. It's wild. What's it like? I mean, like, stuff flew back then that, you know, like, they calling Jerry Lewis the R-word. Like, it's oh. it's it's wild. You know, they're, they're, there's a lot of insinuations about what's up with this guy. But their whole thing is, like, this guy's one way, the other guy's wacky. You know, this mm. guy is the cool, gets all the girls, but also he shares a room with the, <laughs> with the guy who's like, ah! All the time, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You're weird. That was the whole joke. <laughs> the, whole, the, the whole the whole joke. joke. This guy's weird, ain't he? But I love him. He's you like know? anyway. Pour me another bourbon. This guy's this guy's yeah. strange. I watched this movie. It was called. Uh, oh man, what was it called? Was it a Dean Martin Jerry Lewis? It was Dean Martin Jerry Lewis. A Dean Martin Jerry Lewis joint. Basically, uh, Dean Martin's an artist who hmm. draws comic books and then jerry lewis is his roommate that reads comic books and so (laughs) so they meet uh they they there's this lady that lives in their building she draws for this comic book batwoman i've heard of it and or yeah the batwoman some yeah and so then her roommate models in the Batwoman costume so that she could draw the comics. So then Jerry Lewis sees the Batwoman. He's like, I saw the Batwoman. I saw the Batwoman. And, and so then, like, shut up. And then, the, you know, hilarious and oh. romance ensues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. First of all, that's a better <laughs> that's a better synopsis than half of IMDb. Come so on, man. Know. IMDb, holla at your boy, man. <laughs> I do videos for y'all, which, which y'all want to know about. I wonder how many of those movies, because they were just like turning those things out. They were turning them out, and I could tell they were turning them out because they got into the pop culture hearings that were going on with, like, at that time about 
movies and television and comic books and the reason they put the like the like the code on the corner of comic books is from those senate hearings from the 50s and they worked that into the movie oh i forgot about those can you mm-hmm. can you that, that was that to make sure that there was no communism so <laughs> like, so like, they were they were trying to they were worried about the the image to go to kids kids were going crazy for horror comics mm, superheroes okay. was cool but they was into Frankenstein and Dracula and oh, all yeah. that. Okay. And so they were like, "This, there's too much murder. There's too much stuff going on. Oh. And so they regulated, like, this comic has to uh, abide by the, you know, national code in order to be mass printed in this country. Oh, okay. And then in the 70s, like, uh, Marvel wanted to do an anti-drug Spider-Man issue, and they did it. And they were like, this doesn't meet the code. There's syringes. There's a guy freaking out because he's on drugs and stuff. And they were like, yeah, but it's to try to prevent kids from doing drugs. And they were like, not approved. And Marvel put it out and no one noticed. (laughs) (laughs) No one was like, hey, man, hey, man, there's no code on this. My child, I got to take this back. Oh, this is not up to code. Wow. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They regulated comics before music. Like it took it took Tipper Gore to hear "Darling Nikki" for them to even get <laughs> was that near was "Darling Nikki" the the song that put Tipper Gore over yeah. the top? Oh, her daughter was eleven. <laughs> I don't think Knew it was. A I, don't, <laughs> Nikki, I guess you could say she was a sex machine. Man, that's not right. That's not. That's not how. I thought you were making a joke. <laughs> she was a sex fiend. I she think was that's a what he sex said. fiend. Yeah, sex machine. James, that's Brown, James Brown. No issue. Nobody's like, hey, step sit, on the scene. hey, man, what you mean, hot pants? Well, he's talking about himself. That's the difference. Parental advisory, man. These pants are hot. Goodness no. sakes, look at them cakes. He must be talking about pastries. Yep, yep, there you go. This next line, I think, is what did it. Masturbating in a magazine. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And Tipper Gore was like, that's just the tipper of the iceberg. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I remember because I remember Cop Killer getting like you know mm. Ice T's Cop Killer. That was a yeah. big, that was a huge. People Bye ran for government. People yeah. ran for government based on that song alone. You know, I remember uh, CB4, a classic. Mm-hmm. You know, because Phil Hartman, I want to say, was like the whole government guy who was gonna. He found that his that was his thing. These rap lyrics are so violent and they're tainting our children, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But also, they put the album in a body bag. What album? Ice-T's album? Yeah, Body Count. Is that it? It came out in a body bag? It came out in a body bag. That's that's good promotion. Oh, it's good promotion. After your tremendous success on your past album, some have said you've sold out because of you. Oh, that's so punk. Yeah, no. Ice-T also... Like while while making rap the most controversial genre, he also was like, "Oh yeah, and I do rock and roll." I don't think that many people listen to Body Count and was like, "Well, this this ain't even hip hop." They were like, "Yeah, we getting banned." I mean, wasn't that a big <laughs> thing about early hip hop? Is that they were also looking to the punks as examples in a lot of ways, weren't they? I think so. I think there's a speaking of Melly Mel and Eminem, they were like. <laughs> 
Yeah. Looking to the punks for some some mm-hmm, some kind mm-hmm. of definitely got spikes from them. Yes, the spike. Was know. it the uh, the Furious Five with the uh, they look like warriors? That yeah. was that movie, right? Yeah. You know, rappers were putting belts around their legs back then. <laughs> you know, got to keep these thigh muscles in. Yeah, a lot, a lot of, lot. Of, uh, well, Offset, Offset will wear a belt on the leg now. He, he's in his full Michael Jackson mode now. <laughs> well, once he starts wearing the one glove, mm-hmm. we'll see. He he probably's already done that. Who knows? He's probably already gotten the the rhinestone glove. Shout Not out to Migos. Shout yeah. out to Migos. Or Offset specifically. Baron, uh, yeah. what's your favorite color sky? Whoa. Um, well, I like a, a pink and a purple sky. A pink and a purple sky. Yeah. There's like, you know, again, New Mexico is the desert. Vegas is the desert. So sometimes you get these desert skies mm-hmm. that are like, you know, you're seeing all kinds of colors reflected. It's like a, a beautiful, like, it's somehow pink and it's somehow purple. It's almost like a sometimes like a beach sunset. Okay. Except, you know, you're nowhere near water. You're actually the furthest away from water that mm. you could because you're in the desert. Yeah. But yeah. when it's like all these different, like, you know, fluorescent colors, that's always like beautiful to me. Like, oh, look what God did. That's what I think in yeah. my head. So like in the in the desert, are you are there different critters? Are there different like like <laughs> lizards, like like bugs and stuff that you don't see on like the east coast yeah i mean snakes i mean snakes are kind of everywhere but a desert snake is a kind of a specific thing um scorpions Mm. you know um tarantulas uh, is what i call the the tarantula um and in new mexico what i used to see a lot all the time road one road runners Nothing like the WB cartoon. No, but I would see Roadrunners every now and then. Are they being chased? No. Well, yes, I would be the one who was chasing them just to see if I was if I could catch one. But they are they actually are really Maybe. fast. They didn't do that. They didn't do that. So disappointed. You know who? Uh, you know, uh, WB also did a disservice to the Tasmanian Devil. Nothing looks nothing like that. I imagine it would be terrifying. They no, they just look like little cats. <laughs> Get out of here! Really? To me. They're like little, yeah, like little, you know, they, they're not really that fast. Okay. They don't turn into tornadoes as they as they run away. I was really disappointed. They, yeah, I mean, they got devil in the name. Mm-hmm. They have, uh, you know, Twister was out when I was watching. <laughs> Classic <laughs> Twister, shout out. Looney Tunes. So I'm like, yo, that's a small scale disaster right mm-hmm. there. Bo- bottom half disaster, top half devil mm-hmm. i'm like this is scary and i can't speak its language yeah it was speaking tasmanian i guess yeah. <laughs> i don't even know but uh yeah those those were kind of like some disappointing images did you did you ever paint like a wall to look like the road to see if the road runner would like <laughs> run off the run road into, into the wall even though i got all of my paints from acme uh i never <laughs> ended up doing that did you watch a lot of cartoons growing up? Oh, hell yes. What were, what were your favorite cartoons? Uh, well, I mean, I loved all the Looney Tunes, and I liked the Looney Tunes more so than the Disney stuff. You know, the Disney stuff was very much, it almost felt like it was for, at least at that time, it was for much younger kids. Okay. And so it always felt like it was too innocent in a sort of a way. Mm. wasn't necessarily as funny. I mean, the Looney Tunes mm. is, was so funny. 
So DuckTales needs more blood. If you well, want Baron to watch it, what? get some Uzis on DuckTales, smoke some cigars. That was different because <laughs> I want to say that like I was on that I was on that Warner Brothers train, but then once once Disney started kind of putting out those like I guess like almost like sitcoms for tweens, mm-hmm. you know, it was like DuckTales. Uh, what else was there? Chippendale Rescue Chip Rangers. You know, that that was kind of a different era. Okay. I would say. Okay. So some of that is my favorite stuff. DuckTales is like, that's my jam. So you're saying you you didn't like Cinderella and like. Exactly. You know, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. there were some some Dumbo. cartoons. Yeah, like all that kind of stuff. And But they would do like their little shorts. But again, they were a lot more innocent. And, mm-hmm. you know, looking back, I see that they were probably from like a, like the 60s or 70s. Is probably. Yeah, yeah. And then they started doing the like updated Disney animated kind of stuff that was a little bit more with the times. I felt like Warner Brothers was somehow, you know, just because of the comedy of it. Mm-hmm. It was it was I was into it more. But also yeah. there's the stuff that's outside of Disney and Warner Brothers. Let's not forget about Hanna-Barbera. Let's yeah. not forget about, uh, you know, exactly. Flintstones, uh, Jetsons. Yogi Bear, uh, other stuff. Come on, man. <laughs> Secret Squirrel, Space Ghost. Oh, from coast to coast, Space Ghost. Yeah. Um, but then also Tom and Jerry, which I don't think. Johnny I, Quest. I forget who did Tom and Jerry. Like that, that, I don't think that was Hanna Barbera. Like that was their own studio. I don't know different who studio. did Tom and Jerry, but yeah. Yeah, Tom and Jerry, and there's a couple other cartoons. I in rock there. with Tom and Jerry heavy though. Though they were crazy. Then, then when they bring the dog in, then it's like, oh yeah, now it's a party. Oh yes. <laughs> now you this got a dog whole is muscular. You got a whole other element. It's a whole kind of class warfare. System. <laughs> mouse versus cat versus dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes the mouse and the dog team up, but not all the time, you know, yeah. Always in some lady's house. Mm-hmm. She, she's at mm-hmm. work mm-hmm. while these animals run crazy in her house. Yeah. Sometimes they go outside. That's true. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's time. Mm-hmm. But I always liked it when it was in the house. Yeah. Just because it felt like there was a, you know, there were parameters. Okay. I felt like, you know, it's kind of like a wrestling yeah, match. Like, yeah. you know, there is a, there's a certain amount to the ring, certain mm-hmm, size to it. Mm-hmm. All of the things have to happen inside this ring. Right. You always, I always used to think, yeah, once they go outside, they could just like split up. You yes. Know? Yeah. I remember, and I don't know if this was a Tom and Jerry cartoon. It might've been, but one of the most disturbing cartoons I've ever seen. And maybe you'll remember this. I feel like it was like a cat and a dog kind of a situation and somehow they got a hold of some kind of elixir that made them huge. Like the more they drank it, the bigger and bigger they get. And the cartoon, I remember ending where they were the size of the planet Earth. There was like a big dog and a big uh, mouse or cat, the size of planet Earth. And it always didn't sit right with me. I was like, they're the size of the whole planet now? This is how crazy... This conflict has gone. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a screed against capitalism, if anything. Yeah. They're going to consume the entire planet. Can't remember what can't That's remember scary. what it is, but it always was a cartoon that never sat well Or with scratch me. it. Even if they scratch the planet, that's that's scary. I just remember they were sitting like they were standing on North America. One was standing on North America. One was standing on Africa. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. The, the carnage that is that is happening under this petty argument. Shout out to the one that was standing on Africa. <laughs> I don't know what animal you were, but you know, shout out, shout out to you. 
for representing sure. the motherland. Thank you very much. I always think about the uh, the marbles in Men in Black when they're like the galaxy is like in a marble and then it's an alien just shooting marbles. Mm-hmm, and I'm mm-hmm. like, yo, what's in them other marbles? <laughs> other galaxies, man. Yeah, let's see. Let's it's do a, a multiverse. movie about like, you know, Men in Black, Marble 2. It's a bunch of different Ezra Millers in each of those marbles. <laughs> Are any of them fast? Who? Ezra Millers. Uh, some of them. Because... I don't, they lost so much money making that movie. I mean, can't we do better than Ezra? Hey, the dumbest joke ever. <laughs> they lost so they lost like a hundred million dollars. I can't wait to see them. Honestly, I was watching Green Lantern last night. Yeah, I love a good bad superhero movie, man. I love Green Lantern. I I was really disappointed that the world didn't take to the Green Lantern movie because that's my favorite character. It's he one of my uses favorite his imagination. I was disappointed that it was Hal Jordan. Uh, you know, I kind of wanted the John Stewart uh, Green Lantern. Yeah. You get him in animation, but not in a live action situation. I get why you got to start with Hal Jordan. Because if you don't start with Hal, I don't know. I, you know, now I feel colonized just saying it. You know? <laughs> I guess you don't got to start with Hal Jordan. You can start with whoever you want to start with. I always like Kyle Rayner because he, he was an artist. And so I felt like. His imagination would, you know. That he, was the uh, Green Lantern yeah. after uh, John Stewart. Uh, yeah, That's yeah, a Green yeah, Lantern. I haven't, yeah. sta- I had, I did not stay up with the Green Lantern series. I got to say. So, the, so they got you get this guy Kyle Rayner. He changes the suit because Hal Jordan goes evil. He turns into Parallax. He starts killing oh, the little blue wow. dudes wearing all their rings. Now he got like ten rings on. He's got on all these different rings. He's beating up the Lantern Corps and stuff. Um, cause yeah, they, it's all, you know, it's, all it's, those a, it's around the time that Superman died. So oh. it's around the time Superman over there, they got Superman's funeral. That's got CNN and everybody. This is like nineties DC 90s, we're talking about. Right, yeah. They're right, trying to right. shake it up. Right. So trying then, to compete with dark horse. So and then image. Kyle Rayner gets this like new ring. He's like, I'm switching the suit up. You know, my suit's mostly black. Got a little cool, you know, real, real nineties era uniform different mask and stuff hmm. it looks more like a lantern kind of but it's still got eye holes kind of thing and then hmm. so he's the new green lantern but like he wouldn't just use a hand to catch somebody he would like make a whole angel like come and catch somebody Ooh. like he would he would do ill stuff where it'd be like this time it's a slide like it, he would switch it up always what he did to like do stuff and it just it just showed the infinite amount of options that you have with that power interesting okay mm-hmm. they tried to take green lantern to the new era now we got a now we got a, a black female green lantern really yeah wow i did yeah. not know that just came out in the past like two two or three years you know so she's literally using black girl magic mm-hmm, mm-hmm. fantastic yeah yeah <laughs> I could talk about Green Lantern for days. That's that's that's. I'm my, noticing. That's my dude. You know. I'm noticing. Do you do you fan out about anything? Is there anything that you're like? All right, you're you're obsessed. You know, I mean, I've I've had a number of obsessions, but I do kind of like I taper off of them. You know, so there was the era where I was really into comics, mm-hmm. and then I kind of tapered off of it. It's like I was really into uh, role playing games. Okay. And that sort of turned into comics. Okay. And then the comics thing actually wore off when one day there was a comic book store in Vegas that I used to walk to. And if you don't know Vegas, it's 100 degrees outside all the time. So I walked 40 minutes 
in a hundred degree heat to a comic book store. Forty minutes. Yes. Ooh. And then it was closed for business. And I was like, okay, I guess I like pool now. Because there was a billiards <laughs> place next door. And I'm like, I'm not going back home. I yeah. need to get some air conditioning. So then I became obsessed with like pool. Okay. Do you have your own stick? I do not. No. See, that's, again, and that transitioned into bowling. Okay. At some point. You got your own ball. No. <laughs> See, I always, I always when get off. it's time to buy something, that's when Bear's like, you know what? All right, all it, right. It really does. I'm, I'm out. I've it, mastered bowling with the rented ball and seriously, I'm out. Seriously. <laughs> Once I could bowl over a 200 with, like, the house ball, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm good at this. Yeah. No, it really does come down to the financial investment. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> at some point. I love that. At I some love point, that being an expert until, like, it's like. Until it's uh, too much money. Yeah, no, y'all want me to buy a gi? I guess I, I guess I'll just fight with this. <laughs> no, because I was like, I'm not gonna ask my parents for this money. Like yeah. they're gonna be like, what do you need it for? I'm like, comics. They're like, mm, no. Oh, shoulder pads? Yeah, I'm off this team. So a uh, bowling ball and shoes? <laughs> Get out of here. Wear your socks, boy. <laughs> no, actually, we were all because Vegas is very much uh, a bowling city, and there was something like there's a bunch of different lanes in Vegas, and uh, my grandmother and my mother were on leagues. Really? Yes, on bowling leagues. That was a thing in Vegas. And uh, actually, going with my grandmother to her bowling league is kind of how I got into video games. Okay. Exactly. All right. Because there was, I was like, I'm not going to watch this bowling, Mm -hmm. but there is this arcade over there. Let me get a couple. She would give me like two bucks and quarters. And I was like, this is it. This is all I get. So I had to get good at these games. Gotcha. To make those $2, those eight quarters last. Then they were like, Nintendo. And you was like, you know what? I'm out. I'm out. No, it was Sega Genesis. It, Sega Genesis. It was. Friends okay. of mine had Nintendo. When Sega came out, that was a that was a hard sell. That mm. was a hard sell for my grandmother because I remember it being like at the time it was like two hundred bucks for a Sega system. Yeah, and that was a really hard one to get her to. You know, she was really concerned that I wasn't going to ever do any homework ever again. She was right, <laughs> but I used my early acting skills okay. to convince her that that was not going to be the case, mm-hmm. and I got a Sega Genesis, and I just just rip it up. Okay, I had I had a Genesis. My parents were anti Nintendo. I don't know what happened to them. Hmm. I don't know why they didn't want me to have a Nintendo. They only wanted me to have Sega stuff, and then so when Sega went out, it was like a crisis because it's like yo, they they not making any more Segas. Mm-hmm. Can I get can I get an N64? And they're like, no, you absolutely cannot. Yes, yeah, that's the other thing is like I got off of video games because after the Sega Genesis was no longer relevant, I was not going to yeah. spend the money. It like took Saturn, until... y'all done skipped a lot of planets to get you from absolutely. Genesis to Saturn from the first chapter of the Bible to go all the way <laughs> to Saturn. That's a lot. Y'all skipping a lot. I was waiting on Leviticus. Sega Exodus. <laughs> Sega Deuteronomy. Yeah. <laughs> Sega Matthew. <laughs> Sega Revelations. Y'all didn't even finish the Bible. That's Y'all hilarious. Went straight to Saturn. No, it really was. Like, I remember because I, by the time I got off of video games and then when I, w- I was in New York, this is like middle school I'm talking about when I was mm-hmm. doing Sega Genesis, then cut to me in like 2009 in New York and I'm like, I'm getting a PlayStation 3. That's it. Okay. It, took, it was that big of a gap. Yeah. Because once I was getting a PlayStation 3, it was my own money. I didn't have to ask anybody for it. Are you a gamer now? I do like to play some video games now. Yes, indeed. I wouldn't call myself a gamer. Okay. See, I'm very loath to take on these titles. I got you. I'm Moonlight. 
I'm Moonlight. I'm yeah. Moonlight. I'm Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepherd <laughs> on all these games. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like I have a PlayStation 4. Um, I do use Steam as well on my computer and uh, got I don't a even know what that is. Steam is like the you know it's a um, it's not a system. It's a system that is a program. Although they do have a Steam Deck, which is the Hamhold Hamhold okay. uh, system, but Steam is you know basically like a, like on a PC you can download Steam and you can essentially do play any game that's on PlayStation, Xbox, Switch. A lot of those games are up there. Wait, is this is this legal? Yes, it's absolutely legal. Oh, okay. Computer games. Okay. Because I got I got Street Fighter on all of those. I got Street Fighter on the Switch, on Steam, and on the PlayStation Four. Okay. Okay. That's still my my go-to. You be out here fighting. That's my street fighting. In the street. Yeah, <laughs> Everybody yeah. was street eat fighting. Yep, you got to look for that one now. Uh. <laughs> no, street fighter is my meditation, man. Yeah. A lot of the time. But, like, does it make you angry when somebody just comes and hits a bunch of buttons and, and does the stuff? Well, when I'm... Playing you button mashing, they used yeah. to call it. When I'm playing online, I can't see anybody else, so I might be playing another person, but I don't know what they're doing. And mm. if they were just mashing buttons, I could still I could still mark them. Okay, but you know it's the masters that can really take me out. I do get mad when anyone's better than me, but there's a lot of people who are better than me. Man, there was a crazy Street Fighter like whole thing at at um. Bridgetown one year. Oh, really? Like a yeah. kind of a rivalry that, sort of thing? That arcade yeah, I remember day that. or whatever. Yeah, and Derek Gaines was whooping everybody. Oh. He put his shades on. Like, he was being disrespectful. Oh, like, yeah, he yeah, was yeah, walking yeah. around. Like, like, he was chilling, and he was crushing everybody. It was crazy. Okay, well, then I got to challenge out the Derek Gaines. Okay. Me and you, Derek. Okay, smoke. One day, Street mm -hmm. Fighter Alpha 3 or Street Fighter 3 Third Strike, whichever one you want, son. Okay. Um, Speaking of Bridgetown. Yeah, the the Dearly Departed. The the Dearly Departed, R.P. Bridgetown, such a great festival. Um, But you had me on, on a show there that, that really, you know, a lot, a lot of good things from my career happened. Oh, really? Because of that show. Yeah, that started, oh, started my relationship with with you know some some people that i still see around la and, awesome. and are in the industry from the the show the new negroes oh yeah back yeah. in the day mm -hmm. r.i.p new negroes yeah r.i.p <laughs> new negroes but it was a great show it was it was a lot of up-and-coming black comedians that were that were showcased on that show and in portland a place that you know, it was my first time in Portland. I didn't even know the the history and the in the landscape and yeah. everything. I didn't know like, oh, they don't get black shows all the time. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, um, yeah, that it was such it was such a great time and a, and a lot of great energy and and comedians that you know have gone on to do all kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean that's where, I'm very proud of that show. You know the the kind of era of New Negroes. Mm -hmm. Me and Open Mike Eagle. Shout out to Open Mike. Uh, you know, holding it down in Los Angeles. Um, yeah, and honestly, I mean, that's that's really great to hear, Rob. I mean, that was the biggest, besides just showcasing a bunch of comedians that I thought were amazing and talented, all of y'all, like, meeting each other. 
yeah. and forming relationships that would last beyond the show was the most important thing to me. Yeah. So I'm glad to hear that. No, nah, that's where I met Ben Bazuda. Oh, yeah. Uh, Might have been one of the first shows I did with Byron Bowers. Oh. Uh, where I met uh, Reggie Watts. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, no, it was, it was amazing, you know. And then, yeah, um, all the people I've seen on, on, on New Negroes throughout time, it, it's been, like, a dope thing. You know? Awesome. I, yeah, I definitely think that, that should always exist. There should always be a place for for black comedy, especially black comedy that's that's, you know, I guess what wasn't uh necessarily boosted at a at a certain time. What do you mean boosted? Like wasn't necessarily oh, promoted as I see what you like mean. this yes. is this is black as well. Yeah, and that's that was always my thing, you know. Um I would call it alter black alt. You know, like all, yeah. just in the sense of like, you know, I always think I do always think about comedy in terms of like music and okay. like different genres, sub genres mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, there's a lot of music that can call itself hip hop. Mm-hmm. Right. But let's there's a lot of different styles of hip hop, not only in like the general style, but also just the style of any individual MC slash rapper slash yeah. whatever the hell you want to call them. So it's kind of like. In terms of like black comedy, like there's always sort of been like um, a, a mainstream image of what it's supposed to look and feel like. And that's fine, you know, but I also wanted to make sure that, you know, things that are outside of that image yeah. were also recognized and promoted. That's always been like, because that's what I've always felt like I am. Yeah. You know, weird. <laughs> no, you, I mean, you definitely were, were in a in a time y'all, y'all carved a lane, the, the awkward... Oh uh, yeah, comedy awkward comedy show. show. Shout know? out to Victor Varnado. Yeah, shout out to Victor and and you know Hannibal, Eric Andre. And, yeah, Marina and Franklin. Marina Franklin for sure. Wow. Yeah. You yeah. know that's it's amazing that you bring that stuff up. I am. I have been getting nostalgic. I'm. I'm these sorry. Days. No, it's, it's all good. Like you know, like I, I remember watching that. Like like in my dorm, I'm just starting into comedy, and I'm like, cool. Like this is oh man, this is great. Like that that this is happening, and then you know, and then I get like whenever I meet you know people from that time, it's just like oh my god, like that's these these, these are the superstars. That's these are dope. The people, you know, that's really that's that that means a lot. I appreciate you saying that. It's man. it's the truth. It's the truth. I always I I would talk to you more. I just don't want you to sniff me out as a fraud. I don't want you to be like. <laughs> This guy's not. Where was he trained? He ain't classically trained. No, this man, no. This man. I'm try, try. I try not to judge or try not to <laughs> try not to say like you ain't. Because look, that's that shit's been done to me. Yeah. And I'll tell you the most powerful three words that I've ever learned. What? I don't know. Yeah. Man, it's powerful. Getting to that place where I can feel comfortable saying I do not know. I don't know. I do this podcast, and we don't Google anything here. We don't look anything up. <laughs> do you bing it? No, we duck, don't duck, bang go? it. We don't. Oh. We, we try to not look anything Lycos? up. That's the only rule. Do you ask Jesus? Truly of the podcast. Okay. And there's so many people that they don't ref- refuse to say I don't know. Oh. But it's fun when we're having fun. It's fun when we're making up stuff. We're improvising and sure. stuff. But then sometimes people just like I'm like, I guess I got to roll with it. But 
Sounds shaky. I mean, you look, can't say I don't know. It's it's the most freeing thing. Like, mm-hmm. I, it took me a long time to get comfortable. I mean, when I don't know something, I can say it. But like, there's a lot of stuff that like, especially if I've heard of it, I might not know a lot about it. Yeah. But it's like, you ever heard of such and such? Yes. But that doesn't mean I know about it. Right. And sometimes if I say, yes, I have heard of that, people think, oh, then you know about it. Like, no, no, no. I just, I, I, heard, just I saw heard. a headline. Yeah. I didn't read the article. <laughs> I didn't mm-hmm. read the book. Mm-hmm. I just know that it exists. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing more freeing than saying I don't know because uh, when you say I don't know, then someone who does know might tell you what's up. Right. That's how you get to right. know. Yeah. Just by saying I don't know. It is. It does suck when you say I don't know and then the person that tries to get you up to speed, they tell you the things that you already did know. <laughs> that, that does suck when you're like, I don't know, explain it to me. And then you're like, oh, man, I, we're at the same place. <laughs> That's true. Oh, you also don't know. Okay. Oh, all right. You should start saying you don't know. Yeah, you need mm-hmm. to start saying what I said. Oh, okay. Baron, did you ever, like, before the New Negroes experience, did you ever know, like, how uncomfortable white people are with saying the term Negro? <laughs> I mean... I guess I didn't know. I yeah. didn't know. I didn't know. I would, I would, I would talk about the show, and then I would be in meetings, and people were like, you know, I can't say that word. I'm like, wait, no, it's that, that's not that's not the other one. It's it's got it's from tr- history. It's got a tricky history, mm-hmm. and I guess that like you know, it's a thing that me and Mike, when we did the TV show version of it, we really had to deal with because yeah. we did, we did not know that there was going to be as much of a backlash, as much of a discomfort with it as there was. I mean, for me, like whenever I heard the word Negro and I hear the word Negro, I think of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Like I think of somebody using it to address black people. I think of baseball. You think of oh, like Negro League? Yeah. Yeah. And I think of like Negroes. You we need to. That's what I think of in my head. It's like like oh, and it became like, you know, but there is context to the history of how it changed, you know, and how it was like, you know, African. Now it's like BIPOC. Mm-hmm. People say BIPOC, mm-hmm. and I'm like, mm-hmm. I thought it was Tupac. It's bi? <laughs> okay. Uh, then was African-American, you mm-hmm. know, it was mm-hmm. black, came up, you know. Yeah. Black used to be an insult. Like, it's interesting talking to, like, because in the 70s, you know, you know, 60s and 70s, like, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud, and black power. But before that, when Negro was the word. Yeah. Because Negro got chose over colored. Yeah. You know, people like colored people like, no, nah, call us Negroes and capitalize Ocean's the Eleven end. got colored out of here. Ooh, huh. Bernie Mac was so offended. People were like, you know what? we never saying that. I did not know that. <laughs> but uh, I don't think that's fact. OK, <laughs> a, a fact by Rob Hayes. Bernie no, Mac no. ended the word colored. <laughs> Y'all seen Ocean's Eleven? Shout remake. out to Bernie Mac yeah. slash R.I.P. One, yeah. one of the greats. But I guess I kind of always saw Negro as like a sort of a word of of like political organization for some reason. And then the phrase new Negro was there was a book called new Negro, the new Negro in the Harlem Renaissance. It's kind of accredited with starting the Harlem Renaissance. Okay. It was a collection of writers that became the name brands of the Harlem Renaissance, Langston Hughes, Sora Neale Hurston, County Cullen, Claude McKay, people like that, that became like the authors and the poets and the thinkers of the day. And so this book, New Negro, was almost like an announcement of there's a new way to think about black people. So that's the way. That's kind of what I was was biting. That's what I was referencing. Okay. But a lot of people don't know that. Not that I expected everyone to know that. I just didn't know that people were going to be 
as offended and 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 black people especially as offended about the word negro as some people were there were black people offended absolutely absolutely because look i had talked about this show before we you know made it a tv show like the people i was talking to about the show were black people you know what i mean so it was like people who were involved in the show people who were doing the show I was talking to black people using the word Negro because we use the word Negro sometimes. It's like a word that's out there that Mm -hmm. sometimes gets used. And I didn't know that, like, you know, once it becomes like a brand and a name of something and it has this level of visibility, then a lot of people can be like, what are you trying to do? You know? Yeah. Because, look, let's not act like the image of black people have not hasn't been used amazingly. (laughs) <laughs> you know, yeah, in the media yeah. for the last hundred something years. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, you know, there was a, a healthy suspicion, you know, that I wasn't necessarily ready for, you know, and I didn't know that people were going to kind of kind of come after me and Mike like that in in a way. That's wild. But, you know, it is what it is. It's like people because it's a, again, it's a word that people don't know how to feel about. And it's a word that can feels like and can feel antiquated to some people. It could feel like you're diminishing black people by using it. Yeah. So, you know, that's what some people had to say. Mm. Man. If I could just air that out. <laughs> I didn't I didn't realize that was going on. I feel I when when the show was pit, like pitched to me or or, you know, say, Hey, we're thinking about having you on the show, blah, blah, blah. You know, I felt like I got it immediately. Awesome. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's crazy. And I think that people were like, you know, when you're promoting something and you're saying that it's, it's like very black, like it can be, you know, this happens, this always happens with like, for instance, like BET, you know, or Tyler Perry. Like there's always going to be a group of black people that feel like that, you know, when that's the most visible thing, Mm -hmm. there's always going to be people who are like, is that good? Is that a good thing or is it a bad thing that this is the standard or this is out there? You know, so like BET always got flack from people for like, you know, the images of black people that they portray. Mm -hmm. Tyler Perry has always gotten flack about the images of black people that he portrays. So it's kind of like, well, you know, if there's not enough images, if there's not like a variety of images, then the images that are out there have like a hyper focus on them. Because black people want to be like, no, it should be a certain way. It should be very positive. It should be very, you know, but it's like, it's like, it's always a kind of a debate. And to me, it's always like, we should have a variety of images. Right. We should have a variety. We should have a balance. We should have all kinds of images. We should have a Cosby and a Martin, you know, (laughs) we should have a, a, you know, women twerking and women with acoustic guitars. And who would have thought out of the two Cosby and Martin that the better human being would be Martin Lawrence. Right. Right. Shout out to Martin Lawrence. Yeah, shout out to <laughs> Martin Lawrence. It, you know, 95 uh, people in Vegas probably was was betting the other way, you know? Hey, and I remember because, you know, just even the way that you were talking about Awkward Comedy Show, like, when I was a kid and I was watching Martin, I was watching Cosby, I was watching The Living Color, mm-hmm. you know? I was watching one of my favorite, you know, Robert Townsend just... Uh, you know, I guess it was just the anniversary of Meteor Man. Like Meteor Man came yeah. out like thirty years ago. Nuts. Robert Townsend was posting about that, and so like, you know, those are the things that I grew up being like, ah, I want to do that. You know, I want to meet these people, and so being able to meet people like Robert or like, you know, Tommy Davidson or David Allen Greer, like people that I looked up to, it was like a it was a huge deal. It yeah. was a huge deal. They were like, you know, models for me. Mm-hmm. So I am your Tommy Davidson. That's basically, <laughs> basically what I'm trying to say, Rob Hayes. 
I mean, I, I feel like I also had Tommy Davidson. Damn but, it. But, you know, yeah, you're my Baron Vaughn. Oh, okay, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> Baron. Yes. Um, and I think, by the way, Rob, you're a very funny comic. Thank you. I love your perspective. I love your style. I love your 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 swagger and your style of writing. And I'm happy that you're doing this album and this special because I think that there's going to be a lot of people out there that see that and go like, oh, my God, that's my dude. I, I that's hope my guy. So. I hope so. Because okay, I didn't even I, I want them so. to see me. So if they don't <laughs> say that, it's like, man, turn it off. Just just turn the audio on. No, I think it's going to be great, man. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. You should be. Yeah. There's going to be a lot a lot with that. Baron, uh, anything you want to tell the people? Anything you want to say to the people out there in the world? Yeah, I'm autistic. Uh... <laughs> Is that real? Google it. Yeah. Like diagnosed? Well, what does that mean? Technically, look, I have two That's children. That's what I've been hanging on to. I have two children. <laughs> That's what you've been hanging on to for yourself. I've been like, no, no, ain't diagnosed. I've been to the doctor. They never said that. Hey, hey. Well, look, <laughs> I do want to. I do want to shout out this book. I've been. I listened to. It's called Unmasking Autism by Dr. Devin Price. Shout out to Dr. Devin Price. Um, and my youngest child. I have two children. My youngest child is diagnosed autistic, and through learning about what that means for him, I saw that the call was coming from inside my brain as well mm. and so listening to this book unmasking autism like look apparently it's like one in five people are supposed to be autistic and the spectrum has gotten bigger since we were kids you know what i mean right. like, i'm older than you but like our understanding of autism and how it functions and what it is um you know is bigger and so a lot of a lot of people um are in there and they don't even know it and that's kind of the point of this book is that like oh hey you've been autistic this entire time and you had no idea so you have developed certain kinds of survival techniques, personality traits, a lot of different things. Like even like when we were talking about like you were asking me if I was obsessed with certain things like, you know, like having a special interest, quote, 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 is a big marker of autism. Yeah. So I have intentionally stayed away from certain things, stayed away from getting too interested, too obsessed with certain things. OK. So that way I wouldn't get made fun of for talking about that thing all the time. I got you. Okay, so you're like, let me, let me stick and stick and weave. Stick, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, float like a butterfly, sting like a special interest. Okay, <laughs> have you seen that there was that uh, that NBA player that that said he had autism? They were like the first NBA player with autism. I was like, they're not the first. You don't think somebody that shoots jump shots a thousand times every morning <laughs> isn't also autistic? Somebody that got really good at doing this. Yes. Might not have some, you know, yeah. I think I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if Michael Jordan was autistic. Right. I would not be surprised. Right. That would have been that would have been a great cliffhanger at the end of the last dance. It's like <laughs> you know, like when he's going on that rant and it's like, you think something's wrong with me? You never won before. But you didn't know this. I have autism. And they just like <laughs> ended. Clink. Like, whoa, what? <laughs> whoa, wait. Whoa, MJ? I just thought he just hated to lose. I just thought he was the greatest winner. And it's like, yo, y'all see this? This dude is crazy. I mean, look, and that's the thing. It's kind of like, you know, for me, I, you know, I'm still trying to figure out what it what it means. And a lot of it has to do with like, it's again, it's just the way that I've seen myself. Yeah. Or the the way that I've handled myself or explained myself to others mm -hmm. is changing. 
mm. you know and so it's like and the way that i the way that i understand myself is the biggest one because it's kind of like it gives me space to kind of redetermine how to do everything if that wow. makes any sense does that make any sense it's it's making sense the way I, i've been doing things has led to a ridiculous burnout really just ridiculous burn i've been burnt out for a minute right yeah and a lot of that is the hyper vigilance of trying to look like i'm not weird at all times trying to look like i'm normal trying to look like i i you know i but like the way that i think about things and uh have been doing things just kind of like dr just drain the hell out of me dang see i've been beating myself up recently because i'm like yo do you know where you would be if you try d try to not be weird all the time from the beginning that doesn't <laughs> but you but you are who you are right i am who i am but i'm like yo you could have been somebody else and look i have that in my private moments i have the exact same thought it really is like you know and this comes up in the book unmasking autism about what it means to be masked you know what I mean? That you didn't know you were wearing a mask. You didn't know that you've been trying to fit in. Yeah. And it happens in your private moments where right. I'm judging myself or I'm shaming myself for wanting to do or not wanting to do certain things. And that doesn't necessarily get me anywhere. And I'm not saying that, like, you know, it's not about, like, oh, well, then I just never need to do those things. It's just about uh, finding a new way to kind of interact with the world, represent myself. Got you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And yeah, that, that thing about like, man, if you just weren't weird, like, and again, that's me taking it on from decades, okay, decades of people telling me I'm weird, but maybe I'm just me. Yeah. I I don't, I don't think you're weird. Thanks, Rob. I don't think you're weird either. <laughs> I don't mix. know. I think, I think the <laughs> things that, that throw those people off are, are the, are the things that makes you so cool to me you know what i'm saying i appreciate Hither that. nor thither like <laughs> stuff like that you know and that's a big thing man you know some of it is like again it's like self-image kind of stuff mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing where it's just like being proud of how i do things instead of being like i should be more like you know like this or that or more normal whatever normal is yeah those are the things i'm trying to like i'm seeing how much of my life is wrapped around trying to appear normal yeah or act normal forget normal it it was never real we got the internet now <laughs> we true. know better it was it was fake they made it up everybody doesn't live in levittowns okay <laughs> leave it to beaver was a lie there is no normal <laughs> we're all we all are who we are some of y'all some of y'all do stuff that that the internet would question you just don't show it <laughs> Yeah, definitely air horn on that. <laughs> uh, that was my closing statement. Yeah, was that, like, that was it. I'm autistic. All right. Well, you Shout heard out it to here my black first. Autistics. Exclusive, you know. <laughs> um, this has been the Inconsistent Podcast with Rob Hayes. You know the rules. You get it whenever you get it. Um, shout out to the people on Patreon. Shout out to the people on Discord showing the sky pics and whatnot. Uh, yeah. If you're not on those things, and that's the only way to be in the conversation, get updates on the episodes, progress, everything that's going on. Uh, I've been Rob Hayes, and we out. Joke in the backyard. See what hit the fan.